But this is going to be a, a two-part uh, sermon. I'll finish next Sunday. But I want to lay a foundation this morning uh, as to the importance that we need to put upon our children, the importance and uh, the responsibility uh, that God has given to us to make sure that we guide our children and give them everything they need, equip them to be able to withstand the pressures uh, of this world because we're living, as we know, in times where there's so much hate, so much, so much divisiveness that's taken place that the only remedy that, uh, that the world really has and that we can offer uh, to, this, uh, to this world as well as to our children is the love of Jesus Christ and what God is able to do in a person's life. And so uh, this morning I entitled uh, this message, How to Build Character in Children. It's so, so important that we value that and... Uh, we, we try the best we can to build godly character in them. And there's a battle that's taken place. And I, I'm, I'm going to read a few lines from a report that came from uh, a child psychologist that works, she works with families. And uh, she's talking about, she's a Christian, the impact that uh, is taking place upon children's lives as well as what's, how it's affecting the church. And she said, people often ask me why depression and anxiety are so common among children and adolescents. Uh, one of the uh, explanations, she said, and most neglected, is a declining interest in God and what she calls religion. Um, a two, uh, 2018 Harvard study involving 5,000 uh, people and families examined how being raised in a family with religious beliefs affects the mental health of children. The study found that kids who attend a religious service at least once per week scored high on physiological well-being uh, and measurements, and they had a lower risk of mental illness. It said weekly attendance was also associated with higher rates of volunteerism, lower probabilities of both drug uh, uh, use and early sexual initiation as well as a sense of uh, purpose. And then she goes on and explains where the problem comes. Despite all the evidence that religious involvement leads to positive behaviors, uh, one poll uh, reported that the, the U.S. has seen a 20% decrease in attendance uh, at formal religious services in the past 20 years. It says a 2018 uh, American Family Survey revealed that nearly half of adults under 30 do not identify with any religion. And uh, we see what the issues are when it comes to uh, the next generation. Is this what I want to look at? Because if the study says that uh, more than half of those under 30 do not identify with any type of religion, then my question is, what's going to happen to their children? What's going to take place to the generations uh, that follow? And so I want to read with you some scripture as I lay this foundation out of the book of Deuteronomy, starting with chapter number 5. And uh, in chapter uh, number 5, and verse 28 and 29, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he's already spoken to them and brought to them 
God's law, the Ten Commandments. And uh, during that time, the people were speaking amongst themselves, and they were asking Moses some questions. And uh, God, under, God heard, God hears everything that's spoken. Moses uh, heard the conversation uh, that he was having, obviously, with the people. And so now listen to what he says in verse 28 in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5. The Lord heard you when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I have heard what this people said to you. Everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commandments always so that it might go well with them and with their children. That word fear, when he says that they would fear me, means to reverence and to respect. Not the kind of fear that, you know, we, we sense when we're afraid, but it's a reverence and respect. And then he goes on and he speaks again in chapter 6 and in verse 1. Listen to what it says. These are the commands, decrees and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them, there's that word again, may fear or respect the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. So important here the scripture is speaking to us about our children, but yet not, our own, not only our children, but our children's children. And so in essence, what the scripture is saying is that our decisions and what we do in life are not only going to affect us as adults right now, but yet uh, the generations that are going to come in the future. And as we look at these scriptures, we understand that if we're going to uh, make sure that we're building godly character in our children, where they, that character comes from, where who they are is developed, their personality, their character uh, issues in their life. And we've learned that they come from three main sources. Number one, children uh, and, and how they uh, interact in, in, in society, how they interact with other adults and, and how they look at people. Number one, it comes from the family group that they're raised in. Secondly, it comes from their P 
peer groups, their friends, the people they associate with. And thirdly, it comes from outside of those areas. In other words, their school, it comes from whether they go to daycare, daycare centers, and so on. That's where they get, and that's where they're developing their social skills, their personalities, and uh, their uh, um, character traits. And it's so important that you and I this morning, as, as parents, as caregivers, because, see, in, a, in our church here in Norwalk, and in our ministry and fellowship, we prioritize children. We always have. For, for the 46 years that we have been a fellowship, we have always focused on helping our children through different uh, activities, as you just heard with the teenagers going to the camp. On Wednesday nights, we have the, for, for the young boys, the Royal Ranger ministry. For the young girl, we have the Impact ministry. In our school that we have here at New Harvest Christian School, we have a K through 12 that we're able to help implement godly thoughts and characteristics as well as academic skills. We care about children. We value children and the importance of the, the role that children are going to play in our society. That's why we spend resources and we do whatever it takes to make sure that we do whatever possible to teach them, as the scripture says, concerning the things of God. And so it's up to us as parents, as guardians, caregivers, to stand in the gap, to reverse some of those generational issues that we as adults had to deal with before we were saved, and maybe even still have to deal with, thank God for Jesus, this morning. But yet our children, because some of those things will be passed along to our children. And so what we need to do is to make sure that we understand the importance of passing on a godly lifestyle and uh, character attitudes to our children. So I want to look first as I lay this foundation. And again, we're not going to finish this morning. I'll wind it up next week. And so I want you to invite your friends, your family members who may be having some trouble with their kids. And they don't, they don't understand. I don't, you know, I've done this and I've done that. And maybe they're not serving God. And, and, and they're troubled about What's going on in their family? Invite them out to come to church next week so they can understand some of the things that they can do now to help their children, to help their grandchildren, if that's the case, their nieces and their nephews, so that uh, they can be productive. And as the scripture says, be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want my children and my grandchildren and their children to be blessed. How do I do that? by ensuring that I'm going to do whatever I can, and my wife, she's going to do whatever she can to lay the proper foundation for them so they, in turn, can do the very same thing for their children. So I'm going to look with you first at personality versus character. Personality versus character. Now, we know there's a big difference between personality, persona, and character. I have a, a story I want to uh, read to you that just happened this, this past year. I read about it yesterday. And it's something that happened in the Naval Academy. It said more than a dozen midshipmen have been expelled from the U.S. Naval Academy 
for cheating on a physics final exam by using unauthorized outside resources. So because of COVID, last year they weren't able to be in class, so they had to do what most of the kids did here, uh, had to take uh, courses at, at home or wherever they were, and they were on their honor system. But what happened, they said more than a dozen had to get kicked out because they cheated. So here's how they responded to them. Character development is an ongoing process, and midshipmen must make the choice to live honorably each day and earn the trust that comes with a commission in the Navy or Marine Corps. And the Vice Admiral uh, uh, Superintendent Sean Buck, this is what he said, this incident demonstrates that we must place an increased focus on character and integrity within the entire brigade. There will be a renewed focus on character and professional development throughout this academic year. So they found that people could not be trusted away and by themselves. That has nothing to do with personality, but it had everything to do with character. And so this morning, you and I need to understand, yes, it's fun, and it's great to have a good personality. I'd rather have someone with a good personality than a lousy one. How about you? Right? But personality, let me explain to you what that is. It's just something that is external. Personality is what others see when they look at us on the outside. Your smile, your laugh, the way you walk carry yourself, and so on. The word personality comes from that Latin word persona. And what that refers to is a theatrical mask that was worn by performers in order to project different roles or disguise their identities. And so I thought, I got a picture that I thought everybody could uh, identify with. There, who is that? Batman, right? Well, that's the persona, that's outward, but we know who that is, really. That's uh, J-Lo's new heartthrob and squeeze uh, Ben Affleck, that's who that is. But on the outside, he's got this mask and he's playing like, uh, you know, he's the one. That's what personality is, it is persona. We find that personality is those things, those patterns of thoughts and feelings that we express, the way we behave, that makes someone unique. That's personality. It says that personality comes from within a person and uh, it remains with them for most of their life. Now, we understand that you and I have inherited some personality traits from our parents or grandparents. I know one thing that uh, I found out from myself that I remember my dad, when he would be asleep, he'd fall asleep with his arms crossed like this, and he would sleep like that. And one day, I, I, was, I was sleeping, and it woke me up, and I found my arms were crossed. And I'm going, wow, where did that come from? That came from my dad. Certain personality things we inherit, and just like you, you've got certain things you've inherited from your family. Some of them, not all of them. But let me tell you this, although you might inherit some personality traits from your parents or, or grandparents or so on, you definitely will inherit the character traits from them. 
those things uh, will be ingrained in our lives for sure. So what does that mean? That means what we need to do is take the Word of God seriously and do what it said, uh, teach carefully. That's my second point, and I'm going to wind this down in about five minutes. Teach carefully because although our children, they've got their own personalities and, uh, you know, they, they go about life with that, it's more important uh, that we develop that character aspect of their life. And according to Scripture, we have to be careful. Two times in Deuteronomy, the Scriptures that we read, it said, be careful. The word careful in Hebrew means to keep watch. It means uh, to persevere, and it means uh, to take charge and to protect. That's what it means. So there's a lot of different aspects of what God expects from us when it comes to teaching our children, when it comes to passing along the Word of God in order that their character would be developed in a godly fashion. We have to take care. Number one, we have to watch over them. Don't just leave it to somebody else. Thank God we bring our kids to, to, to church. Thank God we bring them so they can learn the Word of God, be taught by godly people. But it doesn't stop there. Our text in Deuteronomy chapter 6 says we have to do it when we are at home when we're walking down the path with them, wherever we are, when we lay down and get up, teach them about God's Word. And the Bible says when we do that, uh, they will be blessed. And we have to take that responsibility and we have to understand the concept of being careful and persevere. That's what that word means. To be careful, it means to persevere. Don't stop. Don't just do it once or twice continually teach them. Take charge of, of what's going into them. Take charge of what they're watching, what they're listening to. Take charge of who their friends are, what they're, who they're hanging around with. My daughter was laughing the other day. You know, she's... Uh, one of them is 45. I hope I'm not making you older than you are. And then one of them is 31. And... The older one was going out, and she said, I'll be back. I said, where are you going? And she answered me. And so after she left, she texts she text, uh, my wife, and she goes, Dad asked me where I'm going. I'm 45. <laughs> but then she said, but he always asks me where I'm going, and I always tell him. That's because I've always taken charge in their life. I've always made it a point to know what's going on in their lives. Now, obviously, I'm not with them 24-7, so whatever goes on goes on, but at least I'm doing my part. And so this is the responsibility that we have to take. This is the responsibility as parents. And, you know, how many know kids don't like to be told what to do? Kids do not like to be told what to do. But guess what? Ask yourself a question. Quien manda? Huh? Who's in charge? Who rules? Them? Right? 
This is why the scripture tells us, be careful to not relinquish the responsibility, to not turn it over to a minor, but yet do our job. It is so critical because in this article that I read you concerning the psychologist and how the decline in people coming to church has, has begun to, since for the last 20 years, and I, I look at it as the past even longer, we've been, I've been saved 46 years in this church. And I know, and I've seen the decline take place because of possibly some of these issues that parents have not taken seriously their responsibility to ensure that godly character versus personality, having fun, being whatever is being developed in their life. And consequently, why bother going to church? Eh, you know, I don't want to go to church. It's not important. Because if the parent doesn't deem it important, how many know the child isn't going to do it either? This is why it's so critical for us. It affects the next generations. It affects the next generation. And then even after that generation. And so what Deuteronomy gives us a picture of in the Old Testament is of the responsibility and the importance that God has given to us and the privilege of raising children for God. It's a privilege to raise kids for God. Well, one person's happy. <laughs> and I, I, I understand they can be traviesos. They can be a handful. They can, they can be, uh, you know, whatever word you want to put on them. But it's still an honor that God has given to us, think about it, to raise the next generation of godly people. Think about that, how important that is, that the impact that can be made when we do what we're supposed to do. I want to close with this scripture as our, our, our worship team makes their way up this morning. Out of the book of Psalms and chapter 78, I want you to listen to these seven verses that the psalmist is, is writing and this theme is carried through throughout the scripture, throughout the word of God, when it comes to the importance of children and teaching them and taking care to raise them with godly character. It says there, my people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable or a teaching or a story. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He proclaimed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born and they in turn would teach and tell their children 
then they would put their trust in God and not forget his works or his deeds. See, that is, those are powerful scriptures right there because in a, in, a, in a nutshell, it speaks to us about the process of our obedience or, and then even lack of it. That when we do our job as parents, caregivers, guardians, to raise those children that God has given us in uh, his word, the Bible says that now that will be passed on to them, and then they will pass it on, listen, to children that are not even born yet. And then those children who are not even born yet, to their children who are still going to come. Man, that is mind-blowing. The foundation that you and I have the responsibility to lay so that it can be put forward to those who are going to follow. What a privilege God has given to us. And it says when we do that and we teach kids, children, about the works of God, the miracles of God, the wonders of God, that it says then they would put their trust in God and not forget his deeds or his works. Maybe that's why we see a decline in church attendance. Because maybe we're not sharing every day the great things God does for us and share those things with our children, our grandchildren. So important because when we do that, they're never going to forget it. They're never going to forget what you shared with them. Oh, they might go their way, and I'm going to get into that next week. And they may do what they want to do and, you know, go on their paranda and go on their little high horse things that they want. But I guarantee you, the Word of God never comes back empty. The Word of God never comes back empty. And it will always be there because they will never forget the words you spoke to them or the words they hear when they're in Sunday school or they come to wherever it is here in church. It's our responsibility to teach them carefully as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for a few moments.